talking about in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 22. So if you will, take your Bibles and turn to that portion of Scripture. Y'all know that sometimes I talk about relationship, transformation, and impact. And really, as you look at this portion of Scripture, to me it is clearly seen in one verse, verse number 19. But we're going to look at several verses beginning at verse number 18. Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. He called them, and they immediately left the boat and their father and followed Jesus. That's a short portion of Scripture, but a good portion of Scripture. As we look at that portion of Scripture, uh, there are several things that we can see. The first one is that Jesus, in verse number 19, said, follow me. And that has to do with relationship. I mean, think about it for just a minute. Jesus spent with his 12 disciples, he called four in this particular portion of Scripture, he spent about three years with them. They were together almost all of the time. They focused on their relationship with him. In fact, in 1 John chapter 1, it talks about the fact that they heard him, they saw him, uh, they focused on him, they concentrated on him, and that's exactly what we need to do as well to follow Jesus Christ, to, to focus on our relationship with him. If you want to use a smaller word instead of relationship, you can use the word no. Because isn't it true that one of the most important things that we can do is know Jesus Christ in a personal way? Of course, we do that by trusting him as Savior, but also spending time with him and following him as Lord of our lives. Knowing Jesus Christ has to do with, with discipleship. And a true disciple is a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. In other words, we are serious. We're serious about spending time with Jesus, reading the Bible, praying. We're serious about listening to what he has to say. We're serious about being a disciple. And I guess the question we need to ask ourselves is, how serious are we about following Jesus Christ? I guess in one sense, Jesus says two things. Number one, he says, follow my example. He says that in John chapter 17, uh, John and Paul both refer to that in 1 John 2, 6. He indicates that if we claim to abide in Jesus Christ, if we claim to have a relationship with him, then we should walk as he walked. That's surprising to some of us. Some of us think, well, we're supposed to be like Jesus. I mean, he was perfect. He was God. But God's word makes it clear that we should be like Jesus. Now, we don't snap our fingers and all of a sudden become like Jesus. It's a process. But the more time we spend with Jesus, the more focus that we have on him and his word, the more like him we are going to tend to be like him. So we need to follow his example, to watch what he did and to seek to follow him. Paul put it like this in 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1, imitate me as I imitate Christ. In other words, Paul recognized that he needed to be like Jesus, and if he was like Jesus, he could say to other people, follow my example, so that you too can be like the Lord Jesus Christ. It's important for us to follow his example. As I think about all the, the different uh, students and players that were in the gym yesterday and in the fellowship hall as we, 
as we talked with them and shared the gospel and as they played, uh, I thought about Luke chapter 2 where Jesus stayed behind when his parents went to Jerusalem one time and he was found in the temple after three days. He was 12 years old and he was away from his parents for three days. They were scared to death. But he was in the temple talking to the scribes and the chief priests and so on. And he was listening to them. He was asking them questions. He was answering questions. And everybody was surprised how bright he was. But I think that that was because he spent time in God's Word. We've already recognized that in, in Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, when Jesus was tempted, what he did was quoted Scripture. And the reason he was able to quote Scripture is because he had memorized Scripture. There's a verse that many of us know in Psalm 119 that says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. In other words, if we're serious about following Jesus Christ and living for him, then we need to spend time in his word. We need to spend time memorizing scripture just like Jesus did. We need to follow his example. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus, when he was a child, he increased in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. In other words, he grew intellectually. He grew physically. He grew spiritually. He grew socially. And we need to do the same thing. Now, some of us perhaps need to stop growing physically uh, at least as far as size, but we, we need to make sure that we are headed in the right direction, that we are maturing just like Jesus matured. Uh, we have that responsibility for ourselves, but we also have that responsibility for our children, for our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and, and so on, to help them to increase in wisdom, stature, favor with God and man, because that's what Jesus did. If we're a disciple, we're going to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to follow his example. We're going to become more like him. But not only will we follow his example, we'll also hear and do what he says. There's a story in Matthew chapter 7. It's only about two or three chapters over. So go ahead and turn there. Matthew 7, verses 24 through 27. And this is what Jesus said. He said, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them... I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Jesus was teaching the children and adults as well, that it was important to hear and to do God's Word. Uh, the, the wise man, that's exactly what he did. He heard and he did. The foolish man, he heard as well, but he did not do it. He didn't apply. He didn't obey God's Word. And it's important for us to make sure that we do learn God's Word and that we obey it. If we want to be a wise man, and if we don't our, want our house, our life to fall flat, I remember being in the first grade a long time ago, had a Sunday school teacher that challenged me to memorize Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 16. I didn't know any better. I didn't know that, that I was not supposed to do that, so I went ahead and, and did what he challenged me to do. It's amazing what we as kids, oh, I'm not a kid anymore, that's obvious, what, pe what kids can do, what I could do many, many, many years ago. And, and the fact is that 
that all of us need to follow the example of Jesus Christ, spend time in his word, memorize scripture, make sure that we're focusing on his example, that we're focusing on his words. So number one, follow me, has to do with relationship. It has to do with knowing Jesus Christ. Number two, I will make you. That has to do with transformation. It has to do with growing in, in regard to discipleship. None of us are perfect when we trust Jesus Christ as Savior. In fact, in John chapter 3, it indicates that when we get saved, we're born again, which means we become spiritual babies, and babies need to grow. They eat food, they drink milk, uh, they, they exercise, things of that nature, so that they can grow. And in a similar way, we need to make sure that we are growing, that we are becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about it like this. If we're not like Jesus Christ and we're supposed to be like Jesus Christ, we will never be like Jesus Christ unless we change. And how many of you like change? If you really like change, raise your hand. Usually there are about one or two or three that raise their hand, but they're, they're not, I don't see any hands today. My eyes are getting worse, perhaps there are a couple out there. Um, we, we don't like change unless we initiate it, then it's okay with us. The interesting thing is that most of us sit in the exact same place every Sunday morning. How many of you move around every Sunday? Does anybody in here move around? Okay, we got, we got a couple that move around that sit different places, but generally speaking, we sit in the same place. Generally speaking, we have a tendency to eat the same foods. Y'all know when I go to Baskin Robbins what I'm gonna get, don't you? Double dip of chocolate chip with a sugar cone. I used to go more often than I go now because it's so expensive there now for, for ice cream. Uh, but we're, we're creatures of habit. But the reality is that all of us need to change. Paul put it like this in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. He says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but what does he go on to say? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. If we want to prove God's will, if we want to live like God wants us to live, then we've got to be willing to change, to be transformed, to experience transformation, to grow. And so when it says, I will make you, it's a matter of us being taken by God and changed so that we can be used by him. Our prayer should be, Lord, change me. So number one is relationship, follow me. Number two is transformation, I will make you. And then number three, fishers of men, is impact. I said I would turn it off next time that happened. I guess I need to turn it off. Okay, are we good? Can you still hear them? Okay. Fishers of men. That has to do with impact. It has to do with making a difference in the world around us. You know, the greatest difference we can make is sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with people. Do you believe God's word? Because God's word says that there is bad news. We talked about this yesterday. The bad news is that all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God and the wages of sin is death. All of us have sinned. None of us deserve to go to heaven. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we believe, then we can have everlasting life. 
As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the children of God, even to those who believe on his name. If we believe that, then we need to be sharing that with people so they can trust Jesus Christ as Savior. Not only is it a matter of going to heaven, but in, first, in 2 Corinthians 5.17, God's word says that if any man is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. God wants to give us a new kind of life. He wants to give us abundant life. He wants to change us and use us as well. And, and when, when it talks about being a fisher of men, it's a matter of going. It's a matter of sharing the good news about Jesus Christ, making an impact on other people. Now, it's, it's not necessarily easy because sometimes we think, to, what are they going to say? Uh, what, are, what are they going to think if I talk with them about the Bible, if I talk with them about Jesus? They're going to think that I'm a fanatic. They're, they're going to ask me a hard question, and I'm not going to know the answer. So it's not easy to do that. But you know, it's not easy to be a regular fisherman as well. I, 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 I think that um, as I look back on my fishing days, um, one of the things about fishing is a lot of times you have to get up early in the morning. I went shrimping one time, and, and we had to be at the dock, I think it was before 4 o'clock, to go shrimping. How many of you are fishermen? Don't you have to work hard at being a fisherman? And back in those days, you might have had to work even a little bit harder because you had to, to clean the nets and mend the nets and so on. It's not easy to fish for men, but it's important. We fish for fish, and, and sometimes we enjoy eating them, uh, but, but you know, the eternal significance is not that great when we go fishing for fish. But when we go fishing for men and people trust Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, the results are eternal. Makes a difference in regard to where people are going to spend eternity, whether they're going to heaven or whether they're going to hell. So it seems to me that we would be willing to put as much effort into fishing for men as we put into fishing for fish or whatever your hobby might be. When we think about fishing for men, it reminds me of show and tell. Also, when I was in the first or second grade, we, we had show and tell. Did y'all have that? We would get in front of the class. I guess they were trying to get us to be able to speak. And we would show something and then we would tell about it. This is my wallet. It's a daytimer wallet. It gives you an opportunity to have notes inside. And you can have a pen in a daytimer wallet. If you ever need to borrow a pen when I'm around, then you can ask me. And, and probably 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm going to have a pen. This is my wallet. I've just shown it to you, and I've told you about it. If you borrow my pen, I would like for you to return it. <laughs> we need to show and tell, don't we? Showing has to do with showing from our life, from our actions, what, what it means to live for Jesus Christ. And actions are very important. That has to do with the great commandment. The great commandment is love the Lord, love your neighbor as yourself. If we are loving God, we'll obey him. If we're loving our neighbor, then we will serve our neighbor. Uh, in in, in uh, 2 Corinthians, excuse me, in Galatians 5.13, it talks about through love serving one another. That's our actions. But sometimes we stop with actions. We're good people or at least we're pretty good people compared to people around us. And we do good works and we serve and we do this and that. But it's not enough just to set an example. We also need to share the good news of the gospel. 
That's why it's not just the great commandment, it's the great commission as well. Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15, uh, God, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. We need to tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ and the fact that even though we're sinners, we can go to heaven if we pray to receive Jesus Christ as Savior. We need to be fishers of men. We need to seek to make an impact on the world around us. Well, what, what does this mean for us as we think about fishing for men, as we think about following Jesus Christ? Let's look at the disciples' response in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 and following, when he saw Peter and Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen, he said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. It says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. In other words, they started really focusing on the Lord Jesus Christ. They were fishermen, but they stopped fishing at that particular time and started, at least fishing for fish, and started following Jesus Christ. They left their nets. What did John and James do? It says, going from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and it says, immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. They left their business to follow Jesus Christ. They left their family to follow Jesus Christ. You know, as we think about following Jesus Christ, how much sacrifice do we make in order to follow him and fish for men? Seems like too often we're more interested in comfort than we are in commitment to Jesus Christ. I don't think that means that all of us need to to stop fishing or stop hunting or stop golfing or stop playing sports or, or stop shopping or stop cooking or stop doing other things of that nature. Uh, those, are, those are okay things to do unless call, God calls you not to do those. But we need to be willing to leave whatever it is that holds us back from following Jesus Christ 100% and we need to follow him. I mean, it just makes sense that if we're gonna follow him, we're gonna to have to give up something else. Have you found that you can't do everything? I think sometimes we try to do so, but sometimes we have to say no to some things in order to say yes to other things. Sometimes we need to say no to things which distract us from following Jesus Christ in order to say yes to him and give 100% to him. Jesus put it like this in Matthew 6, seek first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So it's important for us to fish for men. It's important for us to follow Jesus Christ. The disciples left everything and followed him. How about you and me? Just a couple of questions. Are you following Jesus? Is he your savior? Have you trusted Jesus Christ as your savior? Is he your Lord? Are you obeying him? Are you living your life for him day by day? Are you putting him first in your life? And finally, are you fishing for men? Are you not only doing good works, so to speak, but are you also making sure that you share the good news about Jesus Christ? Matthew 5, 16, Jesus said, uh, he said that we need to let our light so shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify him. And that's so important. We need to live for God, but we also need to share the good news about Jesus Christ. Uh, engage in evangelism so others can say yes to Jesus Christ and trust him as Savior and Lord. 
So if you haven't said yes to Jesus Christ today, it'd be a great time to do it, to pray to receive Christ as your savior. If you have, be a great time for you to say, Lord, I want to follow you. I want to fish for men. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word. Sometimes it's real simple, just a matter of obeying it. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Lord, I pray that you will help us to follow you, to focus on relationship, to focus on knowing you. I pray that you will help us to be changed, to be transformed, that you will make us fishers of men. Help us to grow in our relationship with you. And Lord, help us to fish for men. Help us to make a spiritual, eternal impact on the lives of others around us by what we do as well as by what we say. All of this for your honor and for your glory. Lord, help us not to be content with mediocrity or, or complacency, but instead help us to determine that with all of our hearts, we're gonna follow you and that we are gonna fish for men. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.